Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yes, indeed, it is the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. My name is Reginald Datatula. His name is Blake Elliott. Yes, Sirski. We got uh, David Strupp on the ones and twos. Thank you, sir. And thank you all for rolling with us here on your home of the Dallas Cowboys and World Series champion, Texas Rangers 105.3 The Fan. Um, your Dallas Stars, <laughs> you have to laugh because they are giving the Nashville Predators that work, baby. Yeah, they deserve That it. work. Um, I believe we're still in intermission in the second intermission. Let me see. I don't think we've gotten back into play. Yeah, second intermission, 7-2, to two, your Dallas Stars lead. Six goal scorers. Matt Deshane has a couple. Um, and so they're just handling business out in Nashville as they really should. And it looks like they will remain atop the Central Division uh, pending that third period. And I, I, I just say you can say I'm jinxing it, whatever. I just can't imagine them having a third period so bad they lose if, this game. If they were to jinx it, I think we'd have to take a day off the radio. If they were to somehow lose, I think they're going to score ten goals. But if they were, we would be yeah. Be bad. And you know what? I'd take that day mm-hmm. for the team. Mm-hmm. You know, I just because I'm so I'm such a compassionate person. Mm-hmm. That's exactly why. Not for any other reason. Um, we were just talking about the idea of how you're going to split your attention with no NFL football now. And from the 2 and 4, they said hoops time now that the NFL has ended. And some of our baseball fans came through 2 and 4, big time baseball fan. Baseball every day. And then once a week, check in on NFL updates till draft. I can see that. That's, that feels like a reasonable way of going about this. However, the NFL never stops, right? There might not be games being played, but the NFL is a 24, 24 hour, seven day a week. 52-week-a-year uh, prospect. They've done such a good a job at that. And right now, the portion of this is, you know, I guess off-season as we start gearing up and heading towards the um, the draft. But before we get there, we have to really deal with the dynasty that the Kansas City Chiefs are. And I imagine there's a lot of teams that are, at least in the AFC, that are building their off-season around how do we get over that particular hurdle and I think this was your idea. You brought it up because, like, it is worth asking which of these teams conceivably has the best chance of knocking Kansas City off of the mound and off the mound. I think it'll be really interesting because I think I think everyone's going to have a little bit different ranking. I think I'm going to have a different ranking. I think Reggie's going to have a different one. I want the Tolos. You don't know me. I might have the exact same ranking. <laughs> I, as you. I you want y'all know. to get involved. 877-881-1053 or put it in the Twitch or YouTube. Text it in. Let us know. I want to know. Power rank them. We'll probably stay in that one to five range if we have time. Maybe we'll get further on. But kind of who the team do you think has the best chance, second best chance? Maybe give a reason. Maybe don't. Just give the, the teams. Um, The first one that comes to mind, it might be low-hanging fruit. 
It might be overlooking or underlooking, but I think it's a team that's been the one to do it. At the one, out of respect for showing to do it, I got to put the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow coming back healthy. He's going to have Jamar Chase. I'm assuming he's going to have T. Higgins. He's going to get franchise tagged. They still got a decent defense. Um, I, I think the Cincinnati Bengals right now, if I had to put any money on it, beating them in the AFC, it would have to be them. That's a good that's a good shout. You definitely have seen the ways in which this team has gotten after um, the Kansas City Chiefs and won games against them. Mm-hmm. I think I understand your logic. I think you're right in that regard. Like you cannot ignore the fact that they've actually gotten those wins. I think that I have I think I'm leaning very much into um just a team that I have a fascination with because I really want to say the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. Ravens at the one for Reggie. I think, there's, I, think there, <laughs> I think there's three teams here that like conceivably can be the first, the, your top answer here. Uh-huh. And I'm having a hard time. And again, I'm, I'm acknowledging up front. I think that bias is coming in here. Mm-hmm. I like what the Ravens are. I have a, a fondness for their organization. And so when it comes to like year over year trying to maintain um, a level of quality in order to do things, I think that that's part of, that's, that's, you know, kind of coloring the way I look at this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's a, that's a pretty young team. That's a talented team. Now they do have, like, guys that are free agents that if they lose, it's really going to shift the way that they get down in this. But I think that that Baltimore Ravens team had a very good shot at beating the Kansas City Chiefs this year. Mm-hmm. And so that's where my mind went. But you're absolutely right that the, Can- or that the Cincinnati Bengals have shown an ability to get the win. I do think that, though, that that defense has been, like, lessened in quality since they were able to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. But, of course, like, you're not going to get the exact same team year over year. And I think we all know that the the single biggest factor, even if it's not the entire factor when it comes to, like, whether a team is going to be capable of winning a, a game, is that quarterback. And Joe Burrow, we understand and we know what he is and, who, you know, who he is. So, I got in the one. I got the Bengals. Uh, Reggie's got the Ravens. For my number two spot, might shock some people, might not. He was in my bunk bed. I'm taking Houston Texans and CJ Stroud. Oh, you wildin'. I you might think I'm wildin'. They got a lot of cap space. They do. They got they got a young core. They are building something. I think Absolutely. when you get the front office, the coach, and the quarterback right, you can make a lot work with a little. And they showed already making great strides in the first year. I think they're gonna get some more receiver talent. I think they're gonna stir up that offensive line. I, I'm not saying that they're gonna have 14 wins and dominate the league, but if I think of someone one on one. They could maybe beat Patrick Holmes. Someone's got to beat him, right? I think right after the Bengals and Joe Burrow, I have the most faith in the Houston Texans. And that one might be a wild shot. They might not even make the playoffs next year, I've heard some people saying. I think they got the second best shot at knocking Mahomes off the throne. I put them top five for sure. I just don't know that I put them as the second best. I got I, them at two. I still would love to see like the things that they ultimately utilize that cap space to do. Mm-hmm. But I, I love what they're doing there. I think we're both in the same uh, agreement in that regard. I think that you just might have a little bit more belief in the upward trajectory. And maybe I'm utilizing kind of like an NBA framework where it's, it's not like linear. they have not they haven't gotten that that I mean, as much of that knock yet, which I guess you can say that they kind of did uh, against Baltimore. But, um, yeah, I, I still want to see a little bit more of the development there. But it's not a bad team to put there. I just feel like with some of the options that you still have on the table, that might be a tough go of it. I think here is where I'd put Cincinnati at two. Okay. Um, just And this is where the respect factor absolutely comes in. But then I have a hard time because I think that there is a third team within this that you might be a little bit overlooking in not putting them up here, but I guess we'll get to that here yeah. at third. Yeah, so for three, 
I got I got to put the Buffalo Bills. There we go. They've okay, been, good. They've, they've been one of the teams. They have gone punch for punch with them. Obviously, they have not gotten over the hump. They're going to face some weird cap problems this year. So yes. Von Diggs, what is he going to do? How was McDermott and the coaching? So that that one is why I didn't have them at one or two. Same. Because they they're, they're going to have some, they're going to have an interesting offseason. But I got to respect out of the Mahomes era, they've been the one team that's gone punch for punch for them most times. Pushed them to his greatest. Had some overtime losses, as we all know, in the playoffs. So I got the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen at number three. Just to recap, at one, I had the um, Cincinnati Bengals. At two, I had the Houston Texans. And at three, I had the Buffalo Bills. So who's your three, Rich? My three is also the Buffalo Bills. Okay. Right? Because, again, we're talking about the way that the quarterback, Josh Allen, um, is able to kind of make things happen on his own and those types of things um, and the ways in which it seemed like uh, the change from Ken Dorsey, even though it didn't feel like he had done anything wrong, mm-hmm. seems like you did see a level of advancement in what that offense was capable of doing, or just even just like a restructuring in a way mm-hmm. where you still got good results, but it kind of worked more effectively for what they were trying to do yep. under Joe Brady. And so um, I liked what was happening there, but you're right. Like they do have some cap situations. They've buried, they buried a lot of money in uh, Von Miller, and that you haven't seen that necessarily pay off. And so I'm interested in seeing how they're able to kind of recuperate from those circumstances. But they've clearly had great opportunities against these Kansas City Chiefs, and they have, like, that history there, of being able to push them. Just to back up with me and Reggie talking about cap, there's only one team that's in a worse cap situation, and that's the Saints. So and the Saints, the Saints have had that cap situation brewing for like a good decade at yeah. this point. Like they've just played kick hand for they about a decade. At this Eighty-one point. million um, over the cap, not good. Yeah. Okay. So my one, two, three right now is Ravens, Bengals, Bills. Yep. And yours is is Cincinnati. Bills or sorry, Bengals, Texans, Texans Bills. Bills. Okay. And my four, I'm gonna put the Baltimore Ravens. Okay. I, I do think Lamar Jackson is MVP caliber, like we saw this year. Sure. I, the reason I have him at four is we haven't seen him in the playoffs consistently. He's been the number one seed twice. He's had home field advantage, kind of flamed out. Um, both times obviously made it to the um, AFC Championship this time. Wasn't enough to take down Mahomes. I still believe in the Ravens, not as much as maybe some of the other quarterbacks I've put on my list above them, but I still got to respect them and, and having great regular seasons. The postseason is what's holding me back, putting them at four, but Lamar is still a great quarterback. I think that offense is only going to get more and more um, utilize. They're starting to get some pass catchers there. As we saw with Zay Flowers, I think it's only going to get better and better. So I have them at four on my list. Yeah, that, that's an organization that absolutely like continues to know how to get good young talent. Mm-hmm. And then their their play caller, their offensive player caller remains, and they hired from within when it came to the defense. I am interested in seeing what, what Zach or UNT alum, shout out to that man, mm-hmm. um, can do with the defense and if it'll still remain uh, you know similar to what you saw under Mike McDonald. Because if that's the case, you know, I love him. And like I said, that's why I put them first. Okay. Um, this is where it gets interesting because when I get to four, I have a few names here. Right? I have a few teams that I'm thinking I'm about. I'm getting frisky at five. I'm just letting you know that. It's a team that didn't even make the playoffs. It's my five. Oh, I, I wonder if it's the same team that I'm thinking about. <laughs> okay. And so, you know what? Here, I will, I will you, you convince me as well <sighs> to put the Houston Texans here. Yes, sir. It feels crazy because I'm looking at, like, the Miami Dolphins are interesting, but I think they're also not necessarily built for the late stages uh-huh. of the play or the playoffs or late stages of the year, and that's going to be have something they have to contend with. I, I don't – do you realistically see yourself Tua ever beating Patrick Mahomes in a playoff series? Sure, I can see it. Okay. Playoff game. Playoff game. Because that's the thing. It's like, yeah, that's not a series. It's an individual yeah. game, right? Yeah. So things can okay. kind of shift in that way. I do think – it could happen, but they were really based off of, like, speed and finesse – 
And I think there's something to be said for the ways in which they're not really built for uh, the postseason, right? And I don't mean that in like, oh, man, bruising, although somewhat that as well. But, like, this is a team that was, like, very based on getting the ball out quickly in time and those types of things. And you you now are going to the postseason where teams are able to really lock in on you and see what you do and try and knock you off schedule. And so I think you need to, you need to have a little bit of more, you know, you need more wiggle room in the way that you operate in order to be successful, and I don't think the the Miami Dolphins don't have that yet. I'm, it, it, I trust Mike McDonald or Mike McDaniel rather to draw a good offense, and so I imagine it'll just take a little time for him to figure that out. So that's why I don't have him up there. But yeah, I'll put the Houston Texans up there. I love what they're doing. They keep Bobby Slowick mm-hmm. for this year, so they have that continuity there. I think they have a lot of young talent that continues to grow, and as you mentioned, a whole bunch of cap space to keep making that better. Mm-hmm. And we saw the ways in which. Uh, D'Amico Ryan was able to coach up that defense. And so you had, you know, talented players, but like young players and guys that aren't like the absolute best in the league playing above their head. What happens if they add even more talent that is higher than what they had? I think that they can really up that. Well, for my final team, I'm adding another team that's top 10 in cap space to be quite exact number five. Okay, so this is the team that I'm thinking of. Um, (laughs) This is a team that their quarterback got hurt this year. They still had a nice playoff push. They have a coach that was a coordinator for a team that went to the Super Bowl and Shane Steichen, and it's the Indianapolis Colts. Ah, that's interesting. I should have known. You really like the Colts. I like what the Colts are doing. I think Anthony Richardson is going to be the breakout Jordan Love-type player next year. I think he really is. I think he's going to have a great year. We saw strides. If he could have just stayed, he got, like, injured three times in his first, like, four games, and then obviously was out for the season. I think what Shane Steichen showed with Gardner Minshew when you had the fifth most cap space, and now you're getting back a – young quarterback who's shown mobility and able to push the ball downfield, I think that they have the fifth best chance in the AFC to knock down Patrick Mahomes. Just some teams. Actually, give your team, and then I'll talk about some teams that got that were my honorable mention. Yeah, see, my and this is probably ahead of schedule, right? So I want to acknowledge that, and that's, probably, that's why I put them five, but I did want to give them a shout here. Head coached by a guy who just won a national championship. Mm, give me now, Los, that's give me that's the one I was close Chargers. to putting him in there. I was close to putting him five. Now, here's the problem with it. I'm going to knock down my own pick here, right? I, the, all right, let me talk about the good things before I knock down my own pick, right? Uh, Jim Harbaugh. Okay, cool. I want to make sure I get it right this time. Jim Harbaugh, he don't, take, he don't take too long to get to winning, right? Remember when with the Niners, like, they were winning quickly. very quickly after having, what, like a four-win team mm-hmm. or something that he came in. Um and so no losing seasons after that. <laughs> right. Like they, they get to winning quickly. He he seems to turn that around also. Uh the at least the stats nerds in football, and I think just generally football fans acknowledge the talent that Justin Herbert has, but stats nerds love Justin Herbert like above other other players like Trevor Lawrence. Mm-hmm. They like him above those types of guys. Imagine him now with a guy like John Harbaugh or Jim Harbaugh, who again also seems to get the most out of quarterbacks. I want to see all of that come together. But I do think as I knock down my own thing. They have a lot of uh, weird contracts that and guys that are not playing above or not playing to the level of their contracts, and so that's going to make it tough. So they're going to have to have guys playing well above where where their contracts are at right now or where they have been playing right now in order for anything close to that to end up happening. So yeah, I, I really want to see that. But yeah, let's get into like maybe the honorable mentions are the ones that we probably did, yeah. maybe ignored yeah. or should have mentioned. So the Chargers, I think, is a really good pick, and you could persuade me to put them in five, but the reason I didn't was because they are 29th out of 32, and as far as cap space available, right. very over the cap. Some teams that we kind of mentioned earlier that didn't make the cut, the Miami Dolphins, I think a lot of people would maybe throw in there. Sure. Another team I'm thinking, Jacksonville, 
with Trevor Lawrence. I just saw I saw a lot of regression this year. Yeah. I don't know if I believe in where the kind of franchise is headed. You've paid a lot of money for Calvin Ridley, and he didn't really pan out to be the super great wide receiver one. Their defense kind of I, – I, I don't know if there's a clear direction of – Everyone was all on Trevor Lawrence. I don't know if I see it just going in an upward trajectory, trajectory, but it could happen. But I, I think those are the two that come to mind, the Dolphins and the Jags that we didn't mention that a lot of people would maybe put up. There. Yeah, I, I think that's a very fair assumption. The Jags are very interesting to me because I thought it was really interesting this season. I used that word too much already. Um, that the defensive players, after not looking all that great, just like same roster, they were playing a lot better, and then that faded. And I was like, I don't know what to do with that or what to make with of that. Was that kind of a flash in the pan? Or are we seeing progress with this defensive roster that they have? And then we also, as you mentioned, like there was a little bit of a regression. It felt like they were just kind of reining all the offense in in general. If you can find a way to pair the offense that this team had, what, two seasons ago with the defense that they had for the first half or so of the season last year, that's a really interesting team. But you notice all the ifs that I'm putting in there to now make that a little bit more An- possible. Another team was the Jets. Who, who their quarterback is? You, you, are you no, are you, you believing believe in, in Aaron Rodgers? That's, that's that's a big if. Like two Aaron, years off of the yeah, off of the FU MVPs, coming off of a, a pretty serious injury, and you're gonna have a bad O line. Yeah. So that that's that's a big if. If I had to give one dark horse, it'd probably be the Colts that I put at five. That like, if they didn't do it, I don't think anyone would be surprised they didn't do it. But if they did, I think it would obviously catch the world by surprise. That would be my one super dark horse is the Colts. Um, who's like your one dark horse? Whether you put it on your list or not, that you're like, hey man, probably not gonna happen, but I could I could see it happening. Maybe from from under the wits. I'm gonna be a real sicko right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, this could be an incredible sicko answer in mul- more ways than one. From the 903 Browns with Watson coming back. That's a, Browns, that's that's Browns an incredible sicko answer in multiple ways. But the problem is, right, like Deshaun Watson looked downright bad yeah. in that offense. I mean, he looked uh, this year he looked a little bit better before he got injured, but even then, it just did not look to a level of like operating this well. But I, you would just be leaning on how good that defense is. With Brown's Miles an interesting one. We didn't even mention that. Really good defense, but got exposed by a rookie quarterback. Quarterback play was a little shaky this year. Yeah. I think the Browns, Chargers, that kind of like yeah. a little bit of a gray area. I, I, I feel the most confident in my top three. That's who I feel I could really do. I don't know who the Denver Broncos are going to find to play quarterback, but <laughs> Broncos is an interesting one too. <laughs> no, no, now we're just like naming stuff at this point. But no, I absolutely lean towards uh, my five, which was Ravens, Bengals, Bills. What did I put at three again? Oh yeah, Texans, and then Chargers. Yeah. Those are those. That's my ranking yeah. of the, the top five teams that can maybe take off the Chiefs next season. I think I had Bengals. I had at two. Who did I have at two? I had the Texans, right? I had Texans at two. Yeah. Then I had Bills at three. I had Ravens at four. I had Colts at five. Honorable mention Chargers. I think they could, if they figure out their cap situation, that's really the only thing holding me back. Chargers are uh, in that six spot looking at the five. Yeah, I'm doing a lot of believing in Jim Harbaugh, but I've also seen him do it in two places mm-hmm. that I didn't think you'd be able to make it happen Correct. this way. So, yeah, that's how that goes. But there you go. Those are the teams that we believe could maybe, maybe take down the Kansas City Chiefs next season in the NFL as we continue the NFL offseason. Uh, we'll try and get you more stuff like that as we continue on the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Your stars, one goal short of Blake Elliott's revised goal for them. It's 9-2 to two in go. Nashville. Wyatt Johnson adds a second goal, and Ty DeLandria uh, gets involved in what's happening with the score sheet. So there you go, 9-2. Your stars absolutely rolling 
in Nashville this evening. Coming up next, I'm going to answer some, or I'm going to uh, get you some answers to some burning NCAA men's basketball questions as we're a little bit over a month out from the NCAA tournament. If you're inclined to get yourself ready for some college basketball, we're going to help you do that next on The Fan. This segment of the Get Right is brought to you by Franklin Frankel. Life is unpredictable. Accidents happen. Franklin Frankel are the go-to attorneys for car and truck wrecks and DFW. If you or a loved one has been injured in an accident, contact Franklin Frankel for a free consultation at truckwreck.com or call 214 or 817-333-3333. So get right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Reginald Datatuli here with you alongside Blake Elliott. Yes, sir. We got David Shrupp on the ones and twos. And you rolling with us on a Thursday evening in the Metroplex. Uh, you know who also is rolling? Your Dallas Stars. 9-2 to two is the score in favor of your Stars, the guys in green, as they take on the Predators in Nashville. Uh, there's under seven minutes left in the third period, so still some opportunity to uh, add on to the score sheet, hopefully get to 10 double digits as Blake uh, desire. They already hit my my constant question of, are you going to score seven? Because that, that'll get you to win, mm-hmm. and they, they did that. So I'm very happy. Wyatt Johnston has a couple. Um, Matt Duchesne has a couple. Miro Haskin in, involved. Ty DeLandria. Um, Tyler Sagan. Uh, hey, uh, I already mentioned Miro, uh, <laughs> Craig Smith, Sam Steele, just everybody, everybody get involved with the party um, in Nashville, making sure that they stay atop the Central Division. But um, I hope that everybody out there listening is a little bit like our friend Joltzer X on the YouTube who said, cool, I've never really gone into the NCAA tourney before. I'd like to tune in this year because if so, I got a little something for you. Uh, as we lean on CBS Sports to get you the answer to the most important questions you may have about college football as we're about a month out from uh, or college football, college basketball, rather, as we're about a month out from the NCAA tournament. So uh, now this probably not going to help you necessarily pick your brackets, because as we know, <laughs> that's nothing a, helps you do that. that's a full zero honestly having the least amount of information will help you it might it, it, it honestly might but you know what if you're just opportun- wanting to have the opportunity to tap in especially once we get to closer to like championship weekend and we get to those types of things where it really gets uh really gets really fun to tap in and watch various games this will get you a little bit of a primer so we start blake with who the best team mm-hmm. in well, the nation well, is right I, now i know the going into we expected kansas to be good we expected Duke to be good. Sure. Yep. Um, UNC still has a lot of like uh, a lot of experience on mm-hmm. their t- team, especially mm-hmm. when you look at like Armando Baycott, mm-hmm. big mm-hmm. center. Um, Zach Eddy from Purdue was supposed to be good. So who who do they who's ranked number one right now? Uh, the University of Connecticut, and we're not talking women's basketball. Not this is men's women's. basketball. Um, you know, University of Connecticut's number one team. Um, they're trying to repeat. They're twenty two and two, won twelve straight thus far. 
And so they lost a few players to the NBA, but they brought in some transfers and they look really good still. So that that's that's your that's your best team in the nation, your number two team in the nation. As you mentioned, Zachary Eddy. Uh, I've heard him called Eddie. I've heard him called Edie, and I still to this day don't know. Let's go Edie. That sounds which more is his, fun. Which is actually his name, or the correct pronunciation of his name. But Purdue is ranked number two okay. in the AP poll. And so they they have, uh, obviously, Zach Edie, who is their big-time player. And it's one of the things that you can still see um, in the college game compared to, like, the NBA game. It's just, like, a really dominant big that just kind of plays in the middle. A little Sabonis. <laughs> you know? And so, with that being the case, Zach Eady, who is, you know, possibly could be a player of the year for a second season, averaging 23 points per game, 11, almost 12 rebounds a game, two blocks per game. Like, big-time player. And CBS Sports notes that um, he's a near lock to be the first repeat Naismith player of the year since Ralph Sampson when he played at Virginia in 81, <laughs> from the, between 81 and 83. I don't so. think I was alive when Ralph Sampson was playing. I know you weren't alive because I wasn't. Well, at least you're talking college basketball, right? So there you <laughs> oh, go. Oh, man. Okay, who who is the – what's the next team on the cusp that we should be watching? If it's not Purdue, if it's not UConn, I, I know, like I said, Kansas was, I think, the number one team going into Yeah, this Kansas season. was preseason number one. Oh, God. Um, Are they not anymore? <laughs> No, no, like they, they've been good at home, but they're succumbing to something that I think has happened all the way, the big all the way across the Big 12. It's been something that I've mentioned in passing. Um, it's just like that. The big the Big 12 is an incredible basketball conference. It, all, it previously was probably the best basketball conference in the nation over the last couple of seasons. Yep. And maybe I'm showing my bias here. Let's go Baylor. But with that being the case, you added some teams, you know, with the. The, the additions to the Big 12 as they're getting ready for Texas to leave. But Texas or Texas and Oklahoma, I don't want to leave them out. But uh, Texas has not left yet, so that's a good basketball program. Kansas is a perpetually good basketball program. Baylor, as you mentioned, constantly a good basketball program. And you added the likes of, like, the University of Houston. Houston that's a good basketball good. program. Uh, BYU's been pretty solid. And, like, you, you're, you're adding a whole bunch of – it's a whole bunch of really good basketball schools in, like, the Midwest portion of the country, and they're all just beating up on and, each and other. Houston and Baylor are two interesting teams to watch because when I've watched West them, Virginia, UCF. Uh, Houston and Baylor, they both play at a really slow pace. They don't push the ball as much yeah. as some of the other teams you might see. But the difference that makes Houston a little bit better is Houston shoots the ball really efficiently and Baylor not as much. So I, a lot of those things kind of play into when you get to the tournament of playing really fast and being some of these top-ranked schools usually doesn't end up too, too well. And kind of being in the middle is where you want to be on that kind of pace little yes. meter, if you will. You see some outliers like that. A Virginia team, I think, was it 2020, 2019 with Guy? Yeah. And um, I'm forgetting the other guys on there. The 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 guy with the blonde, the blonde in this little um, at the top of his head. I'm that wasn't Coburn, was it? No. And they had um, they had the the guy that went to Atlanta as well, DeAndre Hunter. Yes, and, and they Kyle did have Guy. And um, it might have been Kyle, like you said, but either way. Um, pace is an important thing, and I think Baylor's a little bit too slow of a team. Houston's shown that they can be slow and efficient. Houston does play kind of slow, very defensively inclined, mm-hmm. the University of Houston, as they have been for a long time. They did uh, get L.J. Cryer, who yep. transferred in from Baylor, to be like more of an offensive. But they have they have a couple of guys offensively that are really nice. Um, they're just they're not a super high scoring team necessarily. They can at times, but they don't do it consistently. And so yeah, they end up in that place where. When you get to the tournament, at least, and that's kind of what we start talking about. We start framing everything in the in the idea of what it looks like in the tournament. Once you get to the tournament, that ends up being tough because if you play another team that can be really high scoring and you're not like completely shutting them out, 
it can get you in a bad place. Also, I guess just the, in an easier place to understand, if you get behind, you don't necessarily have the horses mm-hmm. to, like, run yourself okay. back into a game. But um, So there you go. And also, there's a ton of upsets, right? So Kansas has had its road struggles, but overall, top 10 teams are, get this, 37 and 42 on the road this that's season. That's not good. So that's not just the Big uh, the Big 12. And, yes, I did forget Texas Tech, who have been very good as mm-hmm. well. So my apologies to the Red Raiders. What What about the Blue Bloods, the the UNCs of the world, the North Carolinas, the Kentuckys? Yep. Where are they all falling in this? In this? Pedestal? Well, Duke and North Carolina is still very good. Okay. Uh, Duke is number nine. North Carolina is number seven. Like they're both still in that place where I guess what would that make them? Uh, that would put UNC on the two line and Duke on the three line. Like that's still very admirable. They're still solid teams. Uh, but they're just—they're not necessarily like the elite of the elite right now. But still, like you get into the tournament, uh, number two seed and number three seed. I mean, if that gives you any level of context of what they are, they—they yep. they have some nice players. Obviously, UNC has like some experience. Jeremy Roach, R.J. Davis, and then Armando Baycott as well. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, Jeremy Roach is at Duke. But um, and then Kyle Filipowski is going to be a name that you hear quite a bit at Duke. Big guy, but then also can be like a hub playmaker. So they, they both have like solid players, a lot of experience. And you know they're just they're they're solid they're solid teams. What you can expect even in like I guess relative down years at uh, Duke in North Carolina, Kentucky. However, they're 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 a fun team to watch. I like them. Dillingham, Reeves, yeah, Shepherd. They can score points. They can light it up. Dillingham might be my favorite prospect just to watch. Not saying he's the number one prospect. Just fun to watch. He can cross anybody, score it willingly. Kind of kind of gives you that. Um, I don't know who's a comp to him. Not. He, he will just literally shoot one dribble pass and just pull up in your mouth. I mean, he shoots like Tim Hardaway Jr. as far as the volume that he shoots. Um, I don't want to say Kyrie. It's, it's it's not that far, but he's just a guy that can just playmaker, get open. For sure. Um, someone on the 817 said, Reggie, Kansas State is good as well. I mean, I know, but they also annoy me quite a, much, a, a lot this season. So <laughs> shout out to Jerome Tang, though. Fantastic coach. So, okay, let's talk about kind of like really good players, especially like we talked about Zach Eady, probably going to be player of the year. Some other guys that contend. A guy that you need to know, Dalton Connect at Tennessee. Uh, that guy is probably the other guy that you look at to possibly be player of the year. That guy is really, really good. Um, and he makes watching Tennessee worthwhile by himself. And so if you ever see a Tennessee game, watch out for the, the tall white boy named Dalton Connect. He's very good at hoop. Um, and so you have that. You look at there's a lot of Big 12 teams that are very good. The SEC – um, has some surprises. Number 11, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. I don't think you typically think of South Carolina being really good at basketball on the men's side. Women's side, obviously, a number one seed so, or a number one team in the nation. They are always good with Dawn Staley. But this South Carolina team, pretty solid as well. And then Auburn. Shout out to Auburn. I know someone texted in them in. Bruce Pearl and the sweatiest man um, got a really good Auburn team out there, and they're really tough to beat at home. And then Chris Beard, who's bounced around a little bit. He was previously at Texas, if you remember, yep, yep. and then he he lost that job, went to Ole Miss, and he's got them playing some good basketball as well. So you've got some of those. Gonzaga is a team that you're typically used to seeing as being like a really good team. Mm-hmm. They're on the bubble. Mm. So I imagine that they're they're you're safe. You're safe from them. They're not going to ruin your bracket this year because you believe in them too much. And then they get into the tournament and they lose in the Elite Eight or something, right? They're not going to do that to you. Speaking, don't do not do that. Speaking of brackets, um, talk to my hearers. Who are some Cinderella candidates to talk about Princeton being one of those teams? Cornell and Yale. So the smart schools getting up in there and said, hey, man, we can hoop too, man. We, we can do this as well. Um, 
Danny Wolf stands out as one of the guys that could send your bracket all the way to the shredder, letting you know that you might want to might want to pay attention to these Ivy Leagues that they might be able to make something shake. Some teams that are uncharacteristically bad this year, Michigan, not having the year that we thought at eight and sixteen, last place in the Big Ten. Yeah, I think that <laughs> Juwan Howard is going to have. Yeah, yeah, he's he's going to frustrate. Yeah, yeah, he look. I know he's a Michigan man. And I wonder if, like, the national championship that you win in football might, you know, give him a little bit of cover. But it has not looked good there, especially, like, over the last couple of seasons. So I do wonder uh, how, how safe he's going to be. Uh, another team that you absolutely need to know about, Arizona. Caleb Love was a guy who played at UNC. You yeah. might remember him at UNC. He transfers to Arizona, and that is a fun team to watch. Very good program. Number five in the nation. And so he's actually, while I mentioned he was very good at UNC, He's also having a career high when it comes to shooting percentage and a career low in turnover rate. And I think, Blake, can you explain to me what happens when you have a guard who is shooting incredibly well and not turning the ball over? Um, it usually bodes well for you because you need the ball in your hands. Think about a quarterback who's not turning the ball over and throwing a lot of touchdowns. Yeah, that sounds good. And so that, that's a really good team that also fits in. And I'll, I'll bring this back around just kind of some of the ways, once we get closer to the tournament, some of the ways that advanced metrics that maybe give you an idea of a team going deep. They, they play like one of those teams that has a good chance of being really good. And, yes, 6A2, you're right. I should also give a lot of a lot of praise to the Funky Town Frogs. Jamie Dixon and the TCU Horned Frogs are another great team. I mean, basically, if you look at any team in the Big 12, there's a, a high, high likelihood that you're looking at a good basketball team. What about Indiana State and what they've been doing this year? I haven't really tapped into Indiana State. Like, I've kind of heard them in passing, but – as I mentioned, I, I've been stuck in the Big 12 with, like, the really great basketball that they've had. But, like, have you been able to keep up with Indiana State, see a little bit what they're doing? I've just been, like, seeing, like, on news and following it. But they've been doing really, really well. And they've been – they're uh, playing under – what's his name? Avila. I don't remember his first name, but this guy does not look like a basketball player. If you think Jokic doesn't look like a basketball <laughs> player, look at this guy. Okay. Yeah. Bringing back Larry Bird's alma mater. And, yeah, they've won nine straight. So, like, this is a team that's definitely finding themselves. They're ranked 23rd for the first time since Larry Bird was at Indiana State. So, shout out to the Sycamore. Um, or Sycamores, rather. So, it's, you're right. Those are, those are just some things that yep. maybe get you a little bit ready for if you're going to tap into college basketball or at least get you uh, some understandings of what's happening. Um, as if You know, as we near, uh, I guess, a month out from the NCAA tournament, we're going to get to conference uh, tournaments relatively Can't soon, wait. championship week, all those types of things. So there you go. A little bit of get right college basketball primer for you. Coming up next, though, we do a little bit of sharing time on the get right. It'll happen next. This segment of the Get Right is brought to you by Classic Chevrolet. Why do so many Texans love Classic Chevrolet and Grapevine? They've got the goods. More new Silverados than anyone with incredible savings. Why go anywhere else? Go see them today or visit ClassicChevrolet.com. This is Texas. This is Classic Chevrolet. Find new roads, relax, and enjoy the difference.
So get right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Reginald Datatuli here with you alongside Blake Elliott. Yes, David Shrupp is on the ones and twos. Thank you, sir. And thank you guys for rolling with us on a Thursday evening in the Metroplex. Uh, we got you till 11 and coming up in, at the top of the hour, we'll get you some headlines on this evening. But right now, time to do a little sharing time. And Blake, uh, would you like to go first? I can go first. I'd like to give you the opportunity. And I, I'm looking at the YouTube and looking at the chat. Shout out to Joltzer for being really interactive on there. And I'm seeing ourselves on here. We're both wearing some pretty comfy, comfy patterns. Yeah, fair enough. Like, I feel like this is a very much like both of us have like a cozy inside sweater kind of cloth. I don't know. What material are you wearing right now? What is that? I don't remember what this is called. I'm not going to lie. It's like a rug, like that kind of material. I I think there's a name for that kind of sweater. I want to say. I'm pretty I, sure there is, and I just never remembered. And I bought one of those when I went to Colorado at a gas station. It was one of my favorite sweaters. It's a, it's a Baja hoodie, if I remember there correctly. We go. Or and a poncho hoodie. And what am I just wearing? A flannel hoodie, but it's not like the regular flannel. It's got the, the softness inside. I don't know. Oh, yeah. You yeah you got the yeah wool. Yeah. Wool. I don't think that that's wool. I don't know what it is. I don't either. Okay. For sharing time. Clearly, I mean, we're not in the textile industry. <laughs> Funny enough, I took a Someone said, is that an alpaca? I, I took a textile class by final year of college. You Did you know. really? Yeah. Oh, you thought you was about to be a fashion dude for real. No, no, no. Wow. I, I was actually paying attention. Wow. And, but it was just, when you only take one out of all the other classes, it kind of gets mixed up. I'm sure if I took it for all four years, I'd have been a little bit more inclined. But I know a decent, decent amount. But speaking of me being well-versed, um, we kind of talked about it earlier and hinted at it, the multiple jobs I've had. So I thought it'd just be fun just to kind of run through some of the jobs that Blake has had. And y'all get to learn more about me as the Tolos, as the Foregrounders, as the Twitchers, the Twolos, whatever you want to call yourself in this very moment. I call um, myself Reggie. <laughs> that's like when I said I was hungry earlier and David said, no, you're Blake. Um, Dad jokes. Okay. Love to see it. First job ever. Someone says probably fleece. You're right. Fleece. Thank you, 214, for fleeces. knowing regular words that we and, probably should know as well. And to make it interactive, and, and I, I enjoy back and forth rather than just Oh, you want people to guess what jobs you I had? was just going to say, instead of me blabbing, I, w- I mean, you can just guess. I mean, it might take a while for people to text it in. But what do you think my first job was? First job. Um, that's Maybe a- I was f- f- 14. Okay. All right. Um. Uh, was it like mowing lawns? Mm-mm. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't really count. That. I'm. I'm sure I did. I'm talking about like got a boss, have to file taxes job. Wait, you can work at 14? Yeah, I thought that's like there's child label, okay, labor. Okay, maybe I, laws. Maybe I was. So you have to be like 16. Okay, let's say I was 16. That's what made me think. I was like, okay, is it okay. something that's okay? We'll say 16. Two on four guesses movies. It's a great guess. That's a great guess. Not no, movies. Not movies. Okay, was it food service? Uh, sorta. Now, yeah, we're, yeah. now we're playing 21 store. questions. It, it was food service. But I was not at a food service place. That gives you a big hint. Okay. Grocery store? So no. it w- was it at like a studio movie grill or something like that? Like one of uh-huh. those in? Uh-huh. Okay. All right, cool. Um, in DFW, one of the big attractions. Oh, DFW. you were you worked at Six Flags, didn't you? Hurricane Harbor, same thing. Okay. Yeah, I worked yeah, yeah. at Hurricane Harbor as the um, popcorn guy. Popcorn. Very good. I was going to say pretzels. Buy, people would buy dip and dye. This sounds so funny thinking about it. That was my first job ever. Funny enough, me and my friend both applied to Chick-fil-A. We both got a second interview. He got the call back or got the job. I did not. Mm. I was very embarrassed, That's very tough. frustrated. He was gloating how he was going to work there. I then went to Hurricane Harbor. All my friends that worked at Hurricane Harbor were lifeguards. That was the cool job to have. You know, you got your shirt sure. off. Right. You're, you're, all the ladies love it. I worked in the popcorn stand 
and the Ladies dip and love dots popcorn and, and dip and dots especially ice cream for sure so i did that uh even though dip and dots i think it was called service superstar of the year which is like employee of the year Won that, won that my first year. Look at that. Had a whole award show. Yada, still, yada, yada, yada. You, you still have the... I still have the of plaque. Course you do. Of have, course you do. I have do. the write-up That's that my right. manager gave me. Um, So I did that. And then after that, where did I work next? I, I want to say it was Sonic. So Sonic was my next job in, in Colleyville. Um, I love this from 214. Hot take. Blake seems social. I say waiter. Uh, so that's that's pretty much the next twelve jobs that I've done. Oh, into. you've done a lot of waiting. <laughs> yeah. So it was it first started with the the fast food, I guess, of Sonic. So I did Sonic first. Did you ever? Did you ever? I mean, this is the question. When you Go say ahead. you work at work at Sonic, did you ever do the? I did not do skates? the roller skates. No. Okay. I worked there, guys, for three weeks, and then I quit because the tips. If you could imagine getting bad tips, you've never worked at Sonic. The amount of people that would give you their leftover coins and that sure. was your tip, right? Because it'd be like a seven dollar meal. A $5 meal, and they give you, like, 75 cents, and that was, like, the average tip. Like, you would get dollar bills and be happy. Wait, hold on. And your minimum was, like, I think you made, like, $8 an hour. Okay. I was about to say, like, did they get, did they get like, waiter pay where no. they expected the tips no, to no, tip no. out? It was, like, $8. So okay. I did that, and then I'll, I'll skip over some of the more boring ones. Um, what were the more boring ones? No, nah, you can. I worked at Marshall's in high school. That that's not boring hey, at all. I'll, I bet. I'll be honest, I bet you. I bet your whole wardrobe got together because you that, used the employee discount that, at the Marshall's. That was really fun because one of my good friends, his mom was the manager. So you can imagine getting scheduled when your friends. Mom, I was like, hey, me and me and Mike, we don't want to work today. <laughs> that's like, okay. crazy. She'd be like, okay, you know. And then when we were at work, we were literally just cutting up. Hold on, hold on. Time. From the eight one seven. Wait, Blake, are you talking about the Sonic on Colleyville Boulevard? Yes, I am. Oh, okay, so you you have served people in the listening audience. Clearly, yes, I worked at that one. That one was not my brightest moment. Um, <laughs> the three weeks. <laughs> the three weeks. It was like a treacherous three weeks. Marshall's was really fun because I did absolutely nothing. Like, would literally just, like, I was the worst worker. Did y'all have the, all right, tell me, the marshals that you worked at, was it the one that was well put together and one where the stuff was all over the place? All over the place. Okay, very good. All over the place, and I contributed to it. I would not, it was time to clean up, and I was like, Mike, you want to do this? Let's just say we did. That's wild. We were like 17, like, <laughs> seniors in high school and did not want to do it. Um, I would say the most the most fun that I had was I worked at Nike, the one by the uh, tank, the one in the Tanger Outlets by Texas Motor Speedway. Yeah, working at a Nike seems like the one of the closest things to me, like just like a high being in high school. Oh yeah, it, yeah. Uh, uh, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll act like I was in high school. I definitely wasn't a freshman in college when I was doing that. And no, I'm not uh, saying that you were in high school. I'm oh, saying yeah. it's like, like being locker. high school. Yeah, yeah. Like. So I did that. That discount, Reggie, was sixty percent. Are you serious? I will go apply today. 60, what? Sixty um, in store, forty online. It might have gone down to like fifty thirty. This is the best part. During COVID, they paid us the entire time. Congrats to sit at home. To sit at home, I mean, we got a we got a weekly paycheck. Good on Nike for supporting their employees. And we we were going crazy with it. Um, I wasn't making the money I wanted to because I was like, okay, I'm making like six hundred dollars here and there. So I supplemented by working at Amazon at night. Oh, I know. They worked you like. When I tell you I've never been so tired in two weeks, I would yeah. get off from a Nike Wait, shift. Wait, you worked there for two weeks? Yes. I would, <laughs> That's all it took? You were like, okay, I'm done I, here. I would work from like noon to six at Nike. And then have, my shift would start at eight o'clock at Amazon. I'd go home, change clothes, and go work from 8 p.m. to 4 a.m. at Amazon. And then get a couple hours of sleep and go do the same thing again at Nike at, at noon. It was treacherous. The money, man. Whew, that was what maybe stay more than two weeks because- and they also Amazon gets you. They treat you like a hamster. They have the little um, 
little uh, tracking for how fast you're doing outbound packaging. I was right. the one putting packages together, putting it on the conveyor belt. Sure. And it would show you the rankings of everybody that's on your Oh, route. so you, it was gamified and you were like, I got to win. It was gamified. So gotcha. I was like, oh, I'm in third place. I got to go a little faster. So I'm in second place. I'm in first. And then you, I'd run out of packages and I'd be like, I got to get back to first. And it would get you. And next thing you know, five hours have passed. I would listen to podcasts and stuff. And then since then, I've just worked at a bunch of different restaurants, probably five or six different ones. That's my favorite job. I love, love serving. Love quick cash. Before this job, of course. Yes, right, right before this job, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was just it. Was just quick. Cash. This is clearly his favorite job, no, Gavin Spittle. Th- no, no, no. This, yeah. This is the job. I wouldn't even put it in the same category because this is the job. This is a career. We call it. If you say so. Um, on the nine four zero, being a service technician at Mercedes Benz is nowhere near as awesome as one would think. Huh? That sounds pretty cool. I don't know. I feel like. You're you're dealing with that German engineering, and one thing about it is like it's very meticulous, which is good, but also very bad. Like I imagine the the Mercedes, if you work at the with the BMs, with the Beamers, all that, right? Like I imagine that working on those has got to be annoying as hell. Someone to asked, be completely honest. Blake, have you ever been fired? It seems like there's a story. Um, not gonna talk about it here, but Blake has definitely definitely been fired because I'm very strong willed. So when things ah, so you hard headed. When no, when things aren't going right. No, you can say no. When you when people call themselves strong willed, that is their PR answer <laughs> saying I'm hard headed. Uh, when things aren't going well, especially like at a restaurant or something, instead of just sitting back, I'm the one that's like, nah, this has got to change. Whether it's a coworker, a manager, I'm like, <laughs> you you are the you are the leader of the mutiny every yes. time. No, hundred <laughs> percent. Like the amount of times I was working and a host would be sitting on her phone and a table wouldn't go to where they need to go, and then I get the back end of it. Oh, I would call people out all the time in a restaurant. I'm like, you need to get your life together. You need get to get your life. Wow. No, I was I was I was pretty ruthless at restaurants. I, I was not the nicest person. Oh. I was pretty I was pretty to the point, like, hey, you're messing up my money. So you need to get on your P's and Q's. So I've definitely got my fair oh, share. Oh wow. From the nine one nine zero one, you don't want to work with uh oh with my BM. Trust me. I thought I thought they said with Blake. I was like, yo, <laughs> you know. Story. I was like, yeah. was like, I know Blake. Okay. I, well, we got to learn a little bit about uh Blake mm-hmm. and sharing time. Someone asked you what's worst and best tip ever serving, if you're willing to say. Like, like, do you think they mean tip like money or like tip to serve? No, like tip like money. They they don't care about that. Okay. Like, what are the best jobs for that? No, just what What was your best tip and what was uh, your worst tip? I'm my, guessing your worst tip was nothing. Worst tip was definitely, I've been stiff before. Of course. Best tip, it feels haughty saying it, but. Uh, okay, five, don't you don't have to say it if you don't want to. 500. I just want, okay, that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Okay. Four, I think their bill was like 490 and they left 900 something dollars there cash, all hundreds. Nice. Very nice. That, that'll make somebody's day, week. Oh, that made my All day, that. boy. I, I said, I'm ready to clock out. You're on my check out. <laughs> you were like, I'm done. I am done today. I think I'm good for today, guys. I need, to go, to, I need to go to the Nike store. Go see some <laughs> Go see some uh, former coworkers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and flex on them. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Look, we learned a little bit more about Blake in the sharing time here on The Gear Right on 105.3 The Fan. Um, coming up next, we'll get you your headlines on this evening, including the stars doing their damnedest to score 10 goals. Did they make it? We'll discuss it next on The Fan. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.